0: Yes, yeah, you love me. What does the knowledge of Him loving you this morning, the fact that you know that He loves you this morning, what does it cause in you? Well, it causes a desire to please, doesn't it? Absolutely. You want to do what He wants you to do. You want to please Him. How do we do that? Well, by trusting His Word enough to seek Him in it and obey what it says. It's so important that we do that very thing. Return with me now to 2 Timothy chapter 3. brother Gene read forth the entire chapter. What I want us to see this morning, and we can name this message this, uh, if you like, God's Word is a daily necessity. God's Word is a daily necessity. Now, it's a daily necessity for all humans because it's instructive in the right way to live. It's especially a daily necessity for those who are saved, those who have been quickened by the Spirit of God and given a life that desires and needs and must have God's Word. In the 23rd Psalm we see uh, the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. We've seen in the past how this is a reference to God's Word being partaken of desired first and partaken of by the spiritual life. We've seen that the pastures are green. Why? Because they're living. They're living, why? Because the sun shined on them and through the process of photosynthesis they are green, they have life-giving properties within themselves. It's very simple. But it's very instructive. It tells us that God knows what we need and not only does He know, but He's provided what we need. We find ourselves guilty sometimes of stomping all over that green grass, don't we? Walking around God's word. All right. God's word is a daily necessity. Now Second Timothy. That was one page off. Notice in verse 7, or in verse 6, for of this sort, no, I'm sorry, let's start in verse 4. Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. That's even today that he's talking about. The day and time. These are the people and the type of people and the manner of lives that they live today. Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. Do we not see that everywhere? Yes. So many people feel that they are godly because they chose to be godly. And that they, they do right because they've chosen to do right. And denying the act the actual power that, that desire to love God comes from. Where does it come from? It comes from God, doesn't it? Absolutely. We understand the Scriptures. We realize that they apply to us. And we're able to apply the Scriptures to our daily thoughts, desires, and our manner of being because God has given us a spiritual life and desire for him, through and in his word. All right, verse five: having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. From such turn away. From such turn away. We are uh, to be a separate people, aren't we? We are. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with different lusts, divers lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. You see, a knowledge of God's Word, it's not just an intellectual addition to uh, what you know. It's so much deeper than that. And by the nature of man, uh, if we're not careful, we'll become proud because we know something. And, And we'll think, well, we're smarter than this person or that person. But the fact is, God's Word humbles us and puts us in our proper place before Him. Ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses and Uh, I'm told that these were the sorcerers whenever Moses threw the rod down and it became a serpent. They did the same thing, remember? Well, men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith, but they shall proceed no further. For their folly shall be manifest unto all men as theirs also was. We're proven that they were false. Proven that they weren't real. All right, persecutions. I'm sorry. Verse 10. But thou hast fully known my doctrine. And we know that, and I didn't go there, but this is Paul who's writing to to Timothy. Thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long suffering, charity, patience. Persecutions, afflictions which came unto me at Antioch and Iconium and Lystra, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Now, let's see what he's saying here in verse 10. He's telling Timothy, Timothy, you know the truth. You know the gospel of Jesus Christ in its fullness because you learned it from me. But through the Holy Spirit was it made effectual. But he says, Thou hast fully known my doctrine. Well, what is doctrine? Well, it's a belief on which our manner of life is based, it's the Word his doctrine, what he preached out of God's book. Timothy, he said, you have fully known my doctrine and then my manner of life. How was Paul living? What was Paul's manner of life? Well, he had surrendered all, hadn't he? The word causes us to feel bad about our sins. What about Saul, who was Paul? He persecuted the early church, didn't he? He persecuted them. Had Stephen stoned. The Bible says that he was there and approved of it. How did he feel? was humbled wasn't he because he realized that there was nothing a sinner like him could do to gain salvation in and of himself he knew what he deserved in and of himself the Bible does that to us it causes us to realize That we deserve eternal damnation. Oh, but it points to a Savior, doesn't it? It points to a wonderful Savior. All right, back to verse 10. So, Paul is talking about his doctrine, his manner of life. So, the doctrine, Paul's beliefs in Jesus Christ, the Messiah, caused him to live in a particular way. He tells Timothy, this is my manner of life that you fully know. My manner of life. So the way he lived was dictated by what he believed. What's important for us today, isn't it? How do we stabilize our thoughts in what we believe? By continuing To stay in the Word of God. So important. God's Word is a daily necessity for us. So that our manner of life reflects what we believe. Just like Paul. All right. Now it's fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose. Paul had a purpose, didn't he? When that light shined on him on the road there. He didn't know who that was, but he called Him Lord. Whoever it was, he knew it wasn't no human. And then God gave him a purpose, didn't He? A purpose that he would take the gospel of Jesus Christ not only to God's family, the Jews, Jacob's family, Israel, but to all others, to the Gentiles. That was Paul's purpose, God-given purpose. You, born again Christian this morning, have a purpose. God has quickened your heart and mind to believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. He has given you a purpose to live in a manner that's pleasing to Him. You do so and maintain that purpose and that focus on your direction every day in your everyday life by staying in God's Word. Word. It's green pastures to the sheep. It's living substance and sustenance. That's right, yeah for us, our spiritual beings, to grow and to be nourished and to be strengthened. And it's so important that we don't neglect it. Alright. And then he says faith. Faith. Well, this doctrine was given by God. This manner of life that Paul is living Uh given by God. This purpose was given by God. This faith that he has is given by God. Noah built an ark by faith. Abraham did what he did by faith. Abraham was willing to kill his son Isaac that he'd waited what 100 years for. Why? Because of faith. I think because he knew God could raise him from the dead if he did. He believed, you see. Faith that came from God. Long-suffering, charity, patience came from God. Now, verse 11 says, back on the negative side, if you will, persecutions, afflictions, which came to me at these different places, which Timothy knew about. He's reminding of it. They came from God. All of these things came to Paul from God. Even the persecutions were gifts because it directed Paul's path in his life in the direction that God already had planned for him. The same is true for us. Alright, belief in the Scriptures. Do you believe God's Word? Do you believe that it is the authentic, Holy Spirit-inspired Word of God? Well, if you do, your belief in the Scriptures changes you. It changes your mindset. It changes your heart and the desires of your heart. And it gives us faith in god's word and god's word gives us purpose in our life it guides us it gives us purpose and oh that we were faithful to that purpose that god's given us That we would without hesitation proclaim the gospel of jesus christ to every creature every creature All right. Verse 14. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 14. We read, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Yes, Paul is talking to Timothy here. But Paul... Through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is talking to you this morning. He's talking to me. Now he's talking about these uh, evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived, and we see that. But you're different. But you're separate from that. But you've been set aside. <coughs> for a purpose that was given to you by God. Verse 14 says, But continue thou, you're not like them, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of. What have we learned? Well, we've learned through God's Word and the conviction of the Holy Spirit that we're sinners. And that as sinners, we are in desperate need for a Savior. That's what we've learned. We've learned that to, to depend on ourselves is not productive in our Christian lives. Why? Because we'll let ourselves down. As Brother Chuck pointed out earlier, we need to abandon ourselves, don't we? We do. And we need to support ourselves by partaking of God's Word and that's on a daily basis. Why? Why on a daily basis? Why so often? Why is it necessary to stay in God's Word day and night? Because the enemy is not resting. The enemy is there day and night. He wants to weaken you. He wants to put doubts in your mind. He wants to tempt you to love things of the world more than loving God. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of. Are you assured this morning that Jesus Christ died on the cross for you? Oh, continue in that assurance. Continue in that assurance, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Well, Timothy may say he learned it of Paul, but I believe he knew that he learned it from God. The Holy Spirit of God is the one who teaches us. The Lord Jesus said Himself that He would send him and that He would teach us all things that we need to know. It's by the Holy Spirit. Verse 15, And that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. When you were saved, when you were born again, you were an infant spiritually. You were a child. But you've grown As from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, believed, trusted in the doctrines of the Bible, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Now verse 16 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. First, profitable for doctrine. Again, what is doctrine? It's the Word of God that we believe, stand on, and live by, trust in, for the strength that we need, the spiritual food that we must have so that we're strong enough to put on the armor of God and fight against the wiles of the devil. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine or reproof. That's one of the things that doctrine does for us, right? It reproves us. It shows us who we are in relation to God. And it shows us our desperate need of Him. It reproves those things in our life that do not honor Him. We've got them. We've all got those things in our lives that don't honor God. It's profitable for doctrine and reproof for correction. Thank you, Lord. Father Yahweh, I am that I am for instruction in righteousness. Boy, there's the thing, isn't it? Over in Romans 8 and about 29, He says that we are... Predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son. What's the image of His Son? Purity. Righteousness. No shadow of turning from that righteousness. See, that's what we have. We have a little shadow of turning from it sometimes, don't we? Not Him. He didn't have any shadow of turning from righteousness. He was perfect. That the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. That's coming. We are being conformed to His image, which again is purity, righteousness, and holiness. We are going to be perfect, and we're headed in that direction because of the pure, simple Word of God. We're able to grow spiritually. I'll mention a few things here. We're able to grow spiritually when the Word of God convicts us of our sin. This is how and when the Holy Spirit shows us our need of a Savior. When we're convicted of our sin, we realize that we have it. We realize that we need a Savior because without Him we are doomed, aren't we? We're able to grow spiritually when the Word causes us to sorrow over our sin. Remember in Acts 2 over in verse 37 the men that were preached to were pricked in their hearts. That's an interesting statement that they were pricked in their hearts. Sometimes my wife has to check her blood sugar by pricking her finger. And it's not fun. But what happens is a sharp object penetrates into her finger. They were pricked in their hearts because the Word of God penetrated into their heart and in their mind directed by the Comforter sent by Jesus Christ Himself, the Holy Spirit of God. When the Holy Spirit convicts us of our sin and causes us to sorrow over our sin, that's what happens. The Word of God penetrates Our hearts. We're able to grow spiritually when the Word calls us to have a hatred for sin. Psalm 97.10 says, Ye that love the Lord hate evil. We're pretty good at hating it elsewhere or in other people. We need to be better at hating it in this old heart, don't we? And this old fallen nature. Oh, and we are able to grow spiritually when the Word of God causes us to forsake sin in our life. To leave it behind. We grow spiritually. We become stronger. In other words, we're conformed a little bit more to be like Him. We are like clay in the hand of the mighty potter, aren't we? He is changing us. And He's using His Word by the power of the Holy Spirit to make this change. Oh, it's so important. God's Word is a daily necessity for God's people. Won't we continue always to look into God's Word to seek Him Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Sing psalms unto him. Glory in his holy name. Let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. Seek him in his strength. Seek his face. Seek his face forevermore. The psalmist knew him, didn't he? The psalmist knew his need for Him. His need to seek Him in the Word continually. Oh, and we're able to grow spiritually when the Word fortifies us against sin. And it does. It strengthens us. It fortifies us against the evil that is in our lives. The psalmist in 119.11 said, Thy word I have hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. You see, God's Word takes a place or a space in our minds and hearts. And when we abandon sinful thoughts and desires in our hearts and fill that space with God's Word, we're strengthened. We grow spiritually. Oh, and we're able to grow spiritually when the Word of God causes us to purposefully oppose sin. It starts in our minds. It starts in our hearts and our minds. When we purposely oppose sin and seek, to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ that's how we grow spiritually oh god's word it is so necessary for us proverbs 28:13 says he that covereth his sins shall not prosper but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have God honors His Word. 2 Timothy 2.19 says, Let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. When we depart from the sin in our lives and we replace those thoughts and those desires with God's Word, we are able to grow spiritually closer to Him. And as we do so individually, we grow together. Oh, we do need to support each other. I pray for you daily. We need to support each other. We need to strengthen each other and show that we love one another the way that we do. We are the Bride of Christ. And He's coming back for His Bride. And real soon. You read over there, and we see that there will be wars and rumors of wars. Well, we've got that today, don't we? Absolutely. He's coming back. He's coming back. Won't you be watching and waiting diligently for Him? Be not complacent when it comes to partaking of the Word of God on a daily basis. Because Paul knew, Timothy knew, that they had to have the Word of God in their heart and in their mind because it drives that purpose of their life. What manner of person are we? And what dictates the manner of person we should be and shall be? It is the precious Word of God. Oh, what a Savior. Jesus Christ died on the cross because we were in need of a Savior and there was none other. Won't you trust in Him this morning and seek Him in His Word? The Holy Spirit, guide your mind and your heart and your seeking of Him. May you find Him Oh, He's a great and mighty Savior. None can separate you from His hand.